The reading this morning is from the first letter of John, verses 5 through 7. This is the message we have heard from him and proclaimed to you, that God is light and in him there is no darkness at all. If we say that we have fellowship with him while we are walking in the darkness, we lie and do not do what is true. But if we walk in the light as he himself is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. The word of the Lord. It is good to be back, even if I have to greet you with my elbow. Back among friends here at Riviera Church. I don't know how many of you know this, probably most of you do, but one of the community services that is provided by large indoor shopping malls is a place to walk. If you visit a mall early in the morning, before the stores open, you will find numerous people dressed in sweat clothes and sneakers or comfortable shoes walking back and forth from one end of the mall to the other and back again. It's a great place to walk. It's indoors. It's away from the wind and the rain and the cold. There are no hills, no rocks or potholes or cracked sidewalks to trip over, no cars or bicycles or crowds to avoid. It's a particularly good spot for people who are recovering from illness or injury or surgery and need to walk, but need to walk kind of slowly, some of them. Many malls even publish brochures with the distance from one end of the mall to the other so that if your doctor says you have to walk so far, you, you check it out at the mall and they'll tell you how far you are. Anybody ever done this? Okay, so, so you know what I'm talking about. Some of them even have juice and water and such things available for the walkers in the morning. There's something unique about walking. It's one of the first things that an infant wants to do, and it's one of the last things that an older person wants to give up doing. Walking symbolizes for us our independence and our freedom. Humans are the only creatures that walk. Other animals creep and they crawl, they climb, they swim, they fly, they hop, they leap, they waddle, they gallop, and they run, but there's no other creature that walks on their two legs the way that we do. But often enough, we come up with excuses. Why not to walk? When we live in New Jersey, we live three short blocks to the beach. But often, we find ourselves driving there. Happily, the joys of walking have been rediscovered, especially with everyone in their Fitbits whether it's a casual stroll in the woods 
or the rapid race walking of an athlete, walking, of course, is excellent exercise. Thomas Jefferson said years ago, of all exercise, walking is the best. It is good for your heart and your lungs as well as your legs. And there is very little risk of injury. When Michael Dukakis, remember Michael Dukakis? When he was running for president, a question came up about his health. So Michael Dukakis invited reporters to join him on his daily morning walk, in which he took carrying a four-pound weight in each hand. What the reporters didn't know was that Michael Dukakis was a serious walker. He walked so fast that some of the reporters had to run to keep up with him. Others fell behind in exhaustion. Still others used cars to tag along. But what was great from Michael Dukakis's point of view was that no one had the opportunity or the breath enough to ask him any questions while they were walking. Some of the older reporters recalled in an earlier day how Harry Truman used to do the same thing. Harry Truman, who once said, people are not overweight, they're underwalked. <laughs> Jesus walked. He and his disciples traveled from village to village on foot, through Galilee and Samaria, along the Jordan to Judea and Jerusalem. And Jesus even walked on water. Their walk was a spiritual journey. Jesus walked with his eyes closely focused on the will of God, even when that journey led him to the cross at Calvary. There's an old fable about a man who was on a walk, and along the way he happened to be looking down at the ground, and he saw a penny. And he reached down, picked it up, put it in his pocket, and he made a decision. From then on, he decided whenever he walked, he would keep his eyes on the ground to see what he could find. And the man kept his resolve for the rest of his life, and occasionally he'd find another penny on the ground, or even a nickel, or a dime, or a quarter. Once, he even found a $5 bill. By the end of his life, the man had collected a few hundred dollars, along with various buttons, and pins, and bolts, and bottle caps, and other trivial objects. But that's all. Meanwhile, he missed the sound and the sight of children at play. The, ter the tender caress of a lover's embrace. Bushes and trees in glorious bloom. The incredible beauty of a human smile. He missed opportunities to serve the poor and the needy. He missed encounters which could have led to meaningful lifelong friendships. He missed all of the roads that God had set before him. As Christians, we too can be tempted by such trivial walks. 
When we, fi- when we find ourselves yielding to that temptations, we can spend a lifetime finally walking through the valley of the shadow of death, armed only with trite slogans and worthless moralisms. This morning's scripture calls us to walk in the light. In fellowship with one another, cleansed from sin by the blood of Christ. The scriptures challenge us to walk in God's way. As John Burroughs, a walking companion of the poet Walt Whitman, once said, the devil never yet asked his victims to go walking. The scriptures call us to walk in the Lord, to submit ourselves to God's will, to allow God to lead us in our walk. We pay attention to our physical needs by walking. But what about our spiritual walk with Jesus? How are you doing in your walk with your Lord? How is God working in your life? And in what ways are you resisting God's spirit? Dina challenged the kids this morning to listen for God's word. Where is God leading you? How we answer these questions determines our spiritual footwork. One way to make sure that we're walking in God's path is to meet regularly with a group of Christians to review our spiritual journey. Through the years, I have been a part of several such support groups and have had spiritual mentors. God did not choose for us to walk this path of life alone. That's why God created all of us, to support each other, to hold each other accountable for our spiritual growth. There are many spiritual disciplines which which can support us on our walk. Reading the Bible, daily devotionals such as the Upper Room, which is always available here in the Narthex, journaling, weekly Bible study as you have now the Lenten Bible studies, and a course, a disciplined prayer life. Some of you in this church are studying the Adam Hamilton book called The Walk. How many of you are reading The Walk? In the book, Hamilton tells us that we need to hear God's voice so that we are able to follow and walk with the Lord. We can do so by observing the world. We can look at the stars and be reminded how we are like a small star in the huge galaxy, how great God's world is, the world that God created. We can look at nature and see God revealed. Jesus used metaphors of nature. He talked about the mustard seed. He talked about the wheat and the weeds. He talked about the fig trees. In what ways has the natural world spoken to you and given you insights into your spiritual life. We can experience God in the arts, in a painting, a book, a film, or a poem. And God speaks to us in our everyday experiences. And as well, God speaks to us through our conscience, through our reason, 
through our intuition. Sometimes we get a new idea, and it seems to come from nowhere, out of the blue. When I was a district superintendent, I would visit a different church every single week in my district to worship, and I never told the pastor I was coming either. Often, the pastor would walk down the aisle and say, would you like to say a few words this morning? And you know me, I always said yes. And I never knew what I was going to say. But this one morning, I went into a church, and the pastor held up a piggy bank. And he said, we're going to collect coins for Heifer International. Heifer International is a mission program that provides animals for poor villages. I stood up, and I said to the congregation, You all just collected change for Heifer International. God is asking you to change, to change some of your ways and act differently. How do we need to change to act more like Christians? As I sat down, I said to myself, where did that come from? I had never, ever thought of that analogy before. And I knew in my heart of heart that those words were a gift from God. They were not mine, but thine. So we've talked about some of the spiritual disciplines that can strengthen us on our walk by keeping us close to the God who guides us. When we leave here this morning, we're going to walk back to our cars or back to our homes, back to our daily lives, back to our daily walk with our Lord. As you go and walk, I hope that the words of our closing hymn will go with you. For when we walk with the Lord... In the light of his word, what a glory he sheds on our way. While we do his good will, he abides with us still, with all who will trust and obey. Amen.